Hi, this is Dr. Meg Hayworth, holistic psychologist and nutrition strategist, and you're listening to Get Well Soon podcast series, the show that explores how to heal yourself with food and the power of the mind. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Meg Hayworth. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast series, Get Well Soon. As you all know, my listeners know, is that I offer holistic wellness solutions for abuse survivors with chronic illness. What? There's a connection? My yes, there is. And you can go to my website at meghayworth.com to take the ACE quiz from the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study. And uh, please share this podcast with anyone that you think may benefit. Please subscribe. Podcast apps on your, your smartphone are so easy to access and use. I mean, I use mine every day when I go walking with my dog. I listen to somebody somewhere about something and I learn, get to learn something every day. So um, if you are sick um, or you're trying to prevent an illness from coming back, this is the podcast for you. Um, and for anyone that you know, uh, we've got an epidemic of chronic illness in the world today. And that's part of why a big reason why I have my guest today. I'm really excited about Dr. Tim Jackson. Um, he is a, uh, he received his undergraduate degree in health science and chemistry from Wake Forest University in 2003. He completed his doctorate in physical therapy from the Medical University of South Carolina in 2009. Realizing that manual therapy and orthopedic care helped only some of his patients, he began studying functional and environmental medicine, as well as digestive health. As we all know in this community, that is so incredibly important in an effort to help others achieve wellness. Um, So Dr. Tim is educated in nutritional biochemistry, digestive health, and its systemic effects, as well as functional endocrinology. He recently completed the spine portion of the active release technique methodology, a system that addresses musculoskeletal trigger points and helps to expedite the healing processes. Currently, Dr. Tim is working on fulfilling his requirements to become a certified nutrition specialist. Dr. Jackson trained with Dr. Kendall Stewart, MD, to learn the far-reaching implications of methylation deficits and their role in neuroimmune syndromes. He combines his background in integrative health and wellness with the emerging field of epigenetics, which we'll talk about more, to help others. His vision is to help others become the best version of themselves. Welcome to the show, Dr. Tim Jackson. Thank you, Dr. Hayworth. Uh, Thanks for having me. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for, you know, providing and putting information out there that helps people realize the, you know, far reaching uh, implications of adverse childhood events and Mm. how those things can impact our ability to heal. Yeah. Whether it's conscious or subconscious. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's it's, it's a, a big thing that when somebody puts that together, then often it can just really change the trajectory of their lives, you know, and, and you and I are very much in complementary fields and the kind of work you do with your programs, um, your heal your body program. But, you know, since this show today really is about the hidden causes of illness. Um, and I know a lot of people in my community are struggling. I have a lot of people on disability or um, have been in, in and out of that process. Um, 
they have all kinds of autoimmune issues, fibromyalgia, right. chronic fatigue syndrome, um, cancer. They're trying to prevent cancer from coming back. I mean, it's just, it's the whole gamut. So there are so many hidden causes and this is re- really what you specialize in. Can you go over some of the, uh, the most, um, well, the ones that you see the most, mm-hmm. um, or maybe even the most shocking ones that people wouldn't necessarily think to, to look at. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, number one and uh, one point I wanted to make is that, you know, you mentioned the rise of, you know, just illness in general, whether it's chronic fatigue syndrome or fibromyalgia or uh, rheumatoid arthritis or other disorders like Alzheimer's, MS, Parkinson's, et cetera. Um, Mm -hmm. So one of the most common um, underlying causes underneath all of those uh, is uh, the effects that chronic infections have on Mm -hmm. your body. And when we say chronic infections, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you have the acute infection and, you know, you're Mm -hmm. running a fever you know, the typical signs uh, that you display when you have any sort of bug that you catch. And uh-huh. so, you know, th- bugs generally don't work alone. They work in groups. And, uh, you know, the most common ones I see are Epstein-Barr virus, uh, HHV6, mm. human herpes virus 6, uh, mycoplasma pneumoniae, um, candida, uh um, parvovirus B19, Lyme, Bartonella, wow. Babesia. And so those pathogens through the process, it's called molecular mimicry. Uh, they mm-hmm. basically trick the immune system into attacking different um, parts of our body, different tissues. So the pathogens mm-hmm. are very smart in that they can change the proteins that are on the uh, surface of their cells so that will turn off or turn on certain immune cells. So essentially, they can hide. Okay, so basically what you're saying is these, these bacteria, um, these pathogens are lying in wait. Right. <laughs> They're in there and then something happens or maybe something gets added to the system that, um, that makes them proliferate. Is that kind of how this happens? Okay. Yeah. So basically, well, a couple of things. One, uh, the average newborn um, umbilical cord has between 250 and 300 known carcinogens. Yeah, it does now. <laughs> yeah. And that was a study involving eight or nine U.S. Mm-hmm. cities. And that was just carcinogens. That wasn't looking at chronic infections. Jeez. And so I have a program where I work with couples who are trying to conceive Mm -hmm. and, you know, the best thing we can do for the whole family um, is detox mom, optimize her hormones, et cetera. And dad too, you know, I mean, they they found these pathogens in the sperm. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. And so in utero, um, pathogens get transmitted that way. And because the blood-brain barrier is not formed until, or fully formed until around age four to four and a half, mm-hmm. um, you know, these pathogens, especially a, a subgroup of viruses uh, known as neurotropic viruses, uh-huh. um, get into the brain and activate a type of cell called the microglia. Okay. 
I did a talk, a two-hour talk just on microglia a few weeks ago mm-hmm. that I can send you the link to. Okay. Basically, these are the white blood cells in the brain. And the reason it should be of interest to your audience um, for several reasons, it's fine if they're turned on in the short term, mm-hmm. but when they're turned on long term, you create excess excitotoxicity, mm-hmm. which is going to cause brain fog, uh, memory issues, uh, processing issues, mm-hmm. um, may cause anxiety, um, especially if you have um, predispositions to that anyways. Okay. So if, if these things aren't addressed, um, does, is this just then a degenerative thing? Cause I mean, you're talking about coming into the world with these pathogens, you're in, in carcinogens. And so, you know, it, what happens over time? Yeah. So what happens over time, a couple things, um, one, Today, I mean, when you're born with uh, that number of toxins or carcinogens, mm-hmm. you know, you're coming out essentially immune suppressed. And then um, I don't want to get into a vaccine debate, but all vaccines have glutamate in them. And so glutamate is one of the mechanisms by which microglial cells uh, can damage the nervous system. So in the short term, you get excess glutamate. But if that carries on for long periods of time, you get neurodegeneration. Okay. Now, when you're talking about glutamate too, isn't isn't it the same uh, material that we find in food chemicals like monosodium glutamate? Or are we looking at a, a, a slightly different chemical? Well, so monosodium glutamate is um, one uh, uh, way for you to get glutamate. Um, but the body, it, uh, glutamate is extremely important and mm-hmm. in the learning process and intelligence. Okay. But it's all about balance, you know. So too much of it, uh, it's kind of like caffeine. You know, caffeine has been shown to improve athletic performance up to a point. Right. After that point, it actually impedes athletic performance because you're so anxious that you can't process information appropriately. Got it. And so over time, a couple of things happen. One, um, you know, like you discussed uh, oftentimes adverse childhood experiences Mm -hmm. can suppress the immune system. Yes. And they may not seem significant to an adult, but you have to remember a child's world is very, it's a microcosm of your world. Mm. And so, uh, you know, adverse childhood experiences growing up, um, you know, in poverty, those sorts of things mm-hmm. can predispose you. Divorce, parents that argue a lot, alcoholism, mental illness. Exactly. And so all of those things happen. And then not only that, we're exposed and bombarded with pesticides, uh, glyphosate, chemicals mm-hmm. that will all disrupt the mitochondria. Okay. And so you let's go back. Um, glyphosate or glyphosate, I've never heard it pronounced that way, but that that sounds uh, scientifically correct to me. <laughs> um, um, I just want to back up just for a second because this is an important discussion. And to uh, if people don't know, that's the active ingredient in Roundup, which is a weed killer. You can walk into any garden center, and there's just a whole big row of Roundup, and people are, you know, putting it all over their lawns, and it's being used on all conventional crops. And it's a known carcinogen declared by the World Health Organization um, in 2016, wasn't it? 
Yeah. And not only does it, um, you know, interfere with uh, your immune system, it decimates mm -hmm. um, a pathway in the gut called the shikamate pathway that our gut bacteria mm -hmm. use. Um, and so that's kind of how the FDA approved it is they said, well, humans don't have that pathway, but the bacteria in our colon do. So uh. when glyphosate, uh, it works on multiple levels and it's synergistic with aluminum and things like glutamate. Glutamate can also directly damage the mitochondria. So this okay. excitotoxicity can, um, you know, really wreak havoc. Oh, on your body. and real quickly for listeners too, let's let's go over mitochondria, isn't it? The energy within the cell? Yeah. The, cell, so the, the energy that the cell produces. So the mitochondria is the organelle in the cell that produces energy. But it's uh, if we look at the commonalities amongst every disorder out there and how we can improve them, uh, it would be improving mitochondrial function. And okay. that's one of the ways that um, glyphosate or Roundup and things like aluminum will uh, damage your mitochondria. Okay. And your mitochondrial DNA, um, if that is damaged, um, you know, that equals uh, disease, basically. Okay. And, and I would imagine since it's a production of energy from the cell, then it would also create these symptoms like, chronic fatigue. I'm tired all the time. I can't seem right. to think straight. Right. Yeah. Actually, the thinking part is usually the first part that shows up mm -hmm. or some sort of cognitive or behavioral issue. And the reason for that is because the nervous system has the highest concentration out of any system in the body um, in terms of mitochondria. The heart <laughs> is also very dense with mitochondria. So when you start uh, repairing these uh, mitochondria, you know, your body is going to have a priority. So the nervous system and heart will be first. And so, you know, you may not, if you're taking something or go undergoing some sort of treatment modality, you may not think it's working, but it may take time because, you know, there's an order in which things get prepared. Okay. All right. Wow. So this is good. This is a good little uh, science discussion. I think it's really important for listeners to understand what's happening at the cellular level um, because right. we're really, you know, you opened up with talking about these pathogens that lie in wait. Um, they start to receive whatever it is that they need in order to grow and proliferate. And then eventually it takes a long time um, is my understanding between the time that um, – your symptoms begin and then disease is diagnosed. Like it's been going on a long time. Is, is this correct? Or is there some things that happen sort of suddenly? Um, most things, and this is where, you know, traditional uh, Western technologies and testing often miss the boat. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of in the same realm as looking at your lab ranges your lab value ranges. Yeah. So you might be in range, but those ranges were calculated using sick people. And uh, if you look, uh, a colleague of mine has been treating thyroid issues for 40 years. And he said, if you look every five years or so, the ranges across the population drop. So, you know, I tell my patients free T3, I want it to be at least three and a half, even okay. though two point 
9 or 28 is within range. And so um, the uh, thyroid, you know, or in general, any organ or organ system or imbalance can be detected using more sensitive tools. Now, that could be, for example, I had a patient yesterday mm-hmm. um, and her stool test showed several potentially autoimmune triggering pathogens. Now, she doesn't have autoimmune issues yet, but now is our window of opportunity to get rid of those bugs before they trigger something. Okay. And so using testing, um, more functional medicine testing, along with the appropriate lab ranges. So the lab ranges are important because I get people all the time, they'll say, oh, my labs were normal. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't really know what that means, normal. Um, so I always look at them because you have to, you know, take certain things into account. Um, and, you know, certain levels might be optimal for one person, whereas if you're dealing uh, with a certain illness or syndrome, then you might need a more optimal level to get you over the hump. Okay, I see. Yeah. All right. That's really important information. I think um, people don't quite understand the the reference range in labs and how um, it's it's. If you look at any of your labs, and I encourage everybody to ask for their labs from their doctors and look at their labs and look at that reference range. And and you pointed out something I think most people don't know is that that range is based on sick people um, because it's a range of all the people that have been tested or had this disease, is that pretty accurate? Or That's 100% accurate. And the problem is, you know, uh, even with some of the functional medicine labs, mm-hmm. you know, that people that they might think they're healthy yeah. and they get grouped into the healthy range, but they may have a ton of stressors that if you look, you can't find what you don't look for. Mm-hmm. And most people don't look for things like chronic infections, mm-hmm. mold, um, emotional trauma mm-hmm. and EMF exposure, you know, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. But, you know, the, these things are there. And when I test for them and show people that, you know, they're legitimate and then they start feeling better after addressing them, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of puts any away any doubt in their mind. Okay. Um, two, and can you give just for audience members just a quick definition of functional medicine and why is it that your tests in functional medicine are more, uh, they go deeper than, um, than traditional Western medical tests? Yeah. So functional medicine, when I started learning this, I don't think that term even existed. I think everything was kind of grouped under alternative medicine. Yeah. But functional medicine specifically looks at not a single cause of illness, but all the factors that are contributing. So the most common question, and I'm going to just type something up and send it to people when they ask me, mm-hmm. is A causing B. And that's really a Western um, medicine type of thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to try to get away from that. Mm-hmm. It's more of, is this variable contributing to my symptoms? Okay. And so you might have 100 people the same symptoms, but maybe 10 of those people, 40% of their issue is due to gut imbalances. 50% is due to mold. The next Mm -hmm. 10 or 20, maybe they had severe psychological trauma Mm -hmm. and they have uh, several chronic infections. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you can have people with the same symptoms, 
but that doesn't mean they are going to need the same therapies or modalities. Uh, and that's why the testing is important because people will say, does this supplement work or does this treatment work? Well, it depends on what's causing your symptoms. Uh, so, for example, if you're low in melatonin and we supplement, you know, melatonin, mm-hmm. then you're going to feel better. Um, but if excess glutamate, excess histamine, mm-hmm. high norepinephrine, which are just all brain chemicals, if those are high, then melatonin is really not going to help you very much. Okay. And so with functional medicine, it's really getting down to looking at your physiology and your biochemistry mm-hmm. and seeing where the imbalances are. So you're not just sort of treating things willy-nilly, just, you know, here, exactly. take this. You need B vitamins because you don't have enough. You seem like you're depleted of energy. Well, you may not need them. Yeah, I do psychic readings, by the way, on the side. And I can tell just from speaking with you, you probably have some mercury and some candida. <laughs> but, you know, that's 99% of the population. And a lot of people just kind of parrot what other people say. And, you know, um, people will see if they go to my website later that I have a book called Beyond Green Allopathy. And what that phrase means, green allopathy, is that we basically replace your meds with supplements. And that might be okay in the very short term, but the long-term goal is to eradicate the stressors and the imbalances in your body. Um, okay. And the more we can uh, optimize function through the mitochondria, um, through thinking healthy thoughts, which, as you know, has been shown to change gene expression, mm-hmm. you know, so... We've mentioned adverse childhood experiences earlier. You know, I had a, a pretty rough childhood. Mm-hmm. And so I do, you know, some extra things to make sure I'm preventing anything from developing, even though, you know, it might not be always required. Oh, okay. Can you just name an extra thing you do? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, uh, extra immune support and you know, I'm sure you've discussed this numerous times with your audience, but when you're exposed to a stressor, like an adverse childhood event, um, the next stressor you're exposed to, the threshold is lowered. It doesn't need to be as strong. And so when you have an accumulation of stressors in the body, let's say some gut infections, Mm -hmm. some toxicity, blood sugar imbalances, maybe you're breathing in mold, Mm -hmm. too much artificial light at night, um, okay. you know, all of those stressors add up. So that person, you may move their pencil and they may get upset because even though you can't see them, they have a lot of internal stress. Okay. When you say stress, I'm sure a lot of people think, you know, getting stuck in LA traffic or your <laughs> yeah, flight getting canceled, but anything that, um, causes your body to course correct and try and stay, uh, in a homeostatic mm-hmm. or balanced state, okay. um, it's considered a stressor. Got it. And, and as you pointed out, it's different for everybody. And if you've been through traumas, your stressors are different. Um, right. You know, and I think a lot of people get um, labeled as being overly sensitive. And many of the people who were overly sensitive went through a lot of trauma. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so anyway, I just think that's a cool thing to, a good thing to point out. But, right. Okay. So, We've been talking, you've been mentioning things like molds and EMF and chronic infections. And um, can you talk more about 
those and how um, mold and EMFs, which are electromagnetic fields. Um, I've got a great other podcast about that. If you want, if, if you guys want to go listen to that with Nicholas Pinnell, um, who's sort of emerged as one of the experts in this field, but um, you know, like your cell phones, your, your, uh, computer, your Wi-Fi, <laughs> we're bombarded right. with all these signals all the time, even electric cars. Um, if you have chronic mm-hmm. fatigue syndrome, my doctor said, do not buy an electric car because it'll drain you of your energy. But anyway, I want you to address though how, how you, what you see with mold um, and its creation of illness um, and EMFs. Well, mold, when I find out I'm dealing with mold, you know, it really changes everything Mm. because you can have um, the best hormonal profile, the best nutrition. Um, But if you've been exposed to mold, and again, I want to emphasize most mold you can't see. Mm -hmm. You can see stachybotrys, which is black mold, Mm -hmm. but most molds you can't see or smell. Mm -hmm. And so it's very important to test. Um, And it doesn't mean anything if your house is newer. So really older homes or offices are problematic, but newer ones are problematic as well because there's, they are built to be energy efficient, mm-hmm. which doesn't create a good exchange of indoor and outdoor air. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you create what's called essentially a monoculture, just like with the gut bacteria, we want diversity, diversity, diversity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Same thing with mold. So I have patients who've gone to the Amazon and they say, well, Dr. Tim, if mold is really a problem for me, then why didn't I react? Mm. And the answer is there's a checks and balances system. So any one species doesn't get too out of control. But when you have these sealed off buildings with EMFs, which Mm. by the way, EMFs trigger uh, mold to produce more mycotoxins. And mycotoxins do everything from paralyze. When I say paralyze, I literally mean render them unusable immune cells. And that's why there's connections between mold and uh, cancer, different types of cancer and other illnesses. Mm -hmm. Um, But it creates a system-wide response called chronic inflammatory response syndrome. I see. And uh, basically, your cell is called the cell danger response. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like pulling the fire alarm um, in your building. So your cells, instead of um, being able to do their normal daily task, um, in addition to you know working on optimal health for you, then they're distracted dealing with these you know peripheral issues. I see. Okay. And mold, uh, I'm sure you'll find this interesting, but if you look at brain scans of patients who've been exposed to mold and patients with MS, you can't tell them apart because mold directly decreases blood flow to the frontal lobe. So a lot of people who get in trouble with the law, who are in trouble using uh, recreational drugs Mm -hmm. or who are addicts, they're really low on a hormone called alpha melanocyte stimulating hormone. And that's a hormone that, yes, it's responsible for tanning, but its more important roles have to do with controlling inflammation and creating um, endorphins in the body. And if you don't have those natural endorphins, most people that I've come across, at least, who are addicts, Mm -hmm. they're just trying to feel normal. They're not really trying to get high. Mm. And if you have mold exposure and you have chronic inflammation, then 
you know, recreational drugs will, you know, temporarily, um, you know, make you feel normal. Now, the thing that comes up for me when you're talking about that is the connection to emotions. I mean, it's, is, is this a, do you see like anxiety heightened in people and that's, you know, like why they're drinking or why they're doing recreational drugs? Because, you know, often addicts will, will we will see this as a, um, it's an emotional, kind of an emotional based disease. They're trying to quell certain emotions. But anyway, I just wanted to kind of segue into that because it seems like an obvious place to go, but. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's where, you know, I refer to people like yourself. Um, you know, I know about, I read about this information, but, um, you know, I have so many other avenues to cover. I try to stay in my lane and let the psychologist and brain health experts <laughs> okay. uh, you know, cover that. But, um, you know, it's important because, um, you know, you may be unemployed, you may be underemployed, mm-hmm. you just not performing at your best. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, a lot of people look at, oh, this organic food's expensive. <laughs> uh, this infrared sauna is expensive. But if you, for example, I have one patient who's an attorney and after clearing up some gut infections and systemic infections, he had his most productive month yet in his 10 year law career. So he ended up making a lot more money because he was better able to work. Because he was more present. He was feeling better. He wasn't tired and brain foggy, all of those things. And I, I, I make this point so often with my community is this that chronic illness is so much more expensive to pay for. Oh yeah. So much more expensive. If you end up on disability, you know, it's like you're mm-hmm. losing everything. You can't even enjoy life and go and, you know, go to your sister's baby shower, you know? I mean, it's just it's it's catastrophic long term. It's all about what you prioritize. Mm-hmm. I mean, I probably haven't bought new clothes in two years, but if I need to put something on a credit card for my health, whether it's a new sauna or something else, you know, that's a high return on investment. You know, I do that too. I just think about, you know, a coach bag that's costing you $400. You could be putting that into this diagnostic um, functional medicine test that, that Dr. Tim has and getting well, you know, so or look at um, the number of people who, you know, will spend uh, high amounts of money um, on pr- uh, health insurance premiums every month. Yeah. Um, and they don't cover the stuff that works. Mm-hmm. So I use, you know, uh, some compounded medication okay. and insurance doesn't cover mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm paying $300 a month for what? Right. And so, you know. We got to unplug from the matrix and we got to realize that the system insurance is meant to pull risk. It has nothing to do with keeping you healthy. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, it's kind of keeping you at a, um, it's sick care as you know, I know a lot of people have heard that. Okay. So you, we started talking about mold and EMFs and the, uh, I didn't realize that there was a connection between EMFs make, proliferating mold like and chronic Mm -hmm. infections and i think a lot of people don't know too that there is a connection between mold and cancer um can you say Mm -hmm. a little bit about that 
Yeah. So if you go, uh, you know, there's different type of types of mycotoxins that um, different species of mold will produce. Um, trichothienes, those are some of the most dangerous, and those are produced by black mold. But there's also another category. Um, there's one called okra toxins. There's one called gliotoxins that specifically affect the nervous system, but they also shut down a lot of your immune system as well. Wow. And so uh, that, along with the chronic inflammation, because even, let's say, someone remediates their home from mold and detoxes the body from mold, um, you still are going to have a chronic inflammatory response. And that's where the new research is coming out, um, showing that the cells remain in that uh, cell danger response mode. Mm -hmm. And that's why people often become more and more sensitive. They can tolerate less and less foods. Okay. They're stuck in what we call a TH2, T helper 2 dominant mm -hmm. state. And when you're in that state, you get the three A's, allergies, asthma, autoimmune wow, issues. Wow, okay. And so that's um, one way. Um, uh, another thing that you brought up in the beginning was, uh, you know, how do these pathogens express? So, you know, it can be um, um, immunosuppression from mold or mycotoxins, EMFs. And the mechanism behind how EMFs work, they basically flood your cells with calcium, mm -hmm. which equals inflammation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most of us have too little magnesium, too much calcium anyways. Yeah. So that further throws things off. But viral DNA usually gets incorporated into our own DNA. And that DNA is silenced, meaning it's not expressed through a process called methylation using the B vitamins. And if we're not methylating, meaning uh, adding uh, carbon and three hydrogens to the, that region of our DNA, uh, then the viruses start to express themselves. Uh, I see. Otherwise, they're, I didn't realize they were, they're actually in there mutating your DNA. Is that what you're saying? Um, so they're in there and they're not necessarily mutating our DNA per se, um, but they uh, are getting every time our DNA gets expressed, um, it would get expressed if we're not methylating. So when we don't methylate, um, we don't silence viral expression. Um, you can also have uh, immunosuppression from mercury, uh, low thyroid, uh, gut issues, being on chronic antibiotics. Mm -hmm. and Wow, that's, that's a thing. Yeah, all of those things affect you negatively. Um, so um, you really have to address all the different avenues um, when, um, you know, approaching these uh, various issues. But the mold, um, for sure, uh, it feels basically, and it's not just mold, it's kind of all pathogens. Okay. Um, Dr. Dietrich Klinghart mm -hmm. talks about it. They basically feel like they're being attacked. Um, and, uh, you know, an engineer uh, posted a, a while ago uh, what it would look like if we could see all the EMFs that we're being bombarded with. And a lot of my patients tell me, you know, they thought they were sleeping okay, and then they moved out to the country and, um, you know, enacted some Wi-Fi protection, mm -hmm. and et cetera. And they, you know, a lot of their symptoms go away. They sleep deeper. Um, depression, anxiety go away. 
Um, you know, this is not, you know, uh, quack science. Uh, if you look at the research coming out of, you know, mm-hmm. Europe um, and other countries where there's less vested financial yeah. interest, you know, they just kind of tell you, okay, here's what happened. Um, versus here, things are censored. They certainly are. Uh, but if you look at the city of San Francisco, um, I think they've banned smart meters. Um, you know, again, it would be hard to do in any yeah. other city. Um, but, uh, you know, people are finally catching on. And, you know, the same thing with the, the smart meters. The smart meters, you know, they basically just put them on your house without asking permission. Um, which is crazy. A smart meter. I'm not even familiar with this. This is from the, um, your electric company. So a smart meter. Yeah. So instead of the guy driving up in the truck and heaven forbid, he has to take a reading. Take a reading. No, because he might get eaten by your two pound dog. (laughs) They can now, you know, and the thing is people will measure it and they'll say, Oh, there's no EMF field around it. Here's the thing, at least my understanding at this point, is that it only turns on for brief periods of time during the day. So if you're not standing around when it's turned on, then you can't get an accurate measurement. Oh, okay. You can write your um, electric company. Usually it takes a threatening letter Mm -hmm. from someone like me um, because some companies, like where my family lives, they said that they didn't even have any analog right. meters, you know, the old school meters. Um, but all these EMFs, I mean, you know, we talk about biochemistry a lot and neurotransmitters and hormones, but a lot of that is driven by the electrical conductive uh-huh. system in the body. And that's where, you know, things like photons, um, you know, from the sun help. That's where grounding, negative charges, anytime you can add electrons to your body, your body's going to function better. And that's why if you go outside after a a rainstorm, you get kind of euphoric. That's the negative ions supercharging your mitochondria. Okay. Well, and we don't get that in Los Angeles very often at all. So, (laughs) Yeah, you guys just get pollution. Oh, boy, do we ever. And it was actually the worst year in 20 years to this year. No one really knew it because you couldn't see the smog like you could 20 years ago. So that's a whole other conversation. Um, But, okay, so... Um, there's, I want to just keep talking to you forever because this is really fascinating information, but I, I know in the interest of time, <laughs> we need to kind of, but I wanted to, to ask you about, um, you'd mentioned something to me about overlap among disorders, that there are certain things mm-hmm. like Parkinson's that overlap with other things. There's learning disabilities and all kinds of things. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so the mitochondria, which, you know, we mentioned as the batteries of the cell, but they do a lot more. They're also um, signal conductors and sensors for what's going on in the cellular uh, environment or around the cells. Um, And basically, uh, when you look at every syndrome or disorder known to man and you ask yourself, what do these have in common? Mitochondrial dysfunction comes up. But... Taking it a step further, um, that cell danger response that I mentioned, when you have enough adverse childhood uh, experiences, other life trauma, um, maybe car accidents, uh, head injuries, um, you maybe you have some genetic infections that were passed on, 
then um, basically what happens is your mitochondria get burned out. And it's from the chronic inflammation that is created um, when you're basically habituating the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis, your stress Mm -hmm. response system. And so now um, if you look at some of the newer research, um, basically it's suggesting that not only is it the mitochondria that connect everything, um, and that's why when you focus on um, balancing or optimizing the mitochondria, everything works better. You have to also work on dampening the stress response. Um, and, you know, you, that's your area of expertise for sure, um, whether it's, you know, therapy or neurofeedback or um, brain mapping, et cetera. Yeah, my emotional inner release work really helps right. do that because it actually changes the chemical structure in the body. <laughs> Yeah, what I tell people is that every thought has a physiological consequence. Absolutely. Yeah, so I help people shift those. So that's really critical as well in healing. And so at any rate. Right, right. Absolutely, yeah. And um, for people who are interested in visiting my website, yes, healyourbody.org, um, it's getting redone. There's... Uh, you know, interviews, articles up there, feel free to contact me through um, my website. Uh, the program, one of the programs that I offer is the Heal Your Body program, um, which is five visits with me. Um, it doesn't include testing. Uh, that's separate. But uh, you also get 15 email questions. And I wanted to offer your listeners uh, $100 off um, my Heal Your Body program. Wonderful. Yay. Yay. Did you hear that, listeners? $100 off your Heal Your Body program that you can do with Dr. Tim Jackson anywhere you are in the world. Um, uh, so that's exciting. That's really great news. Thanks for offering that. And you also have a free ebook. Is that correct? Yeah. And so the ebook, um, it was originally 30 something pages, and uh, my uh, editor told me to knock it down in half. So it's kind of a shortened version of, you know, the things that I know and teach people will save them not only, you know, lost time, but thousands of dollars because I've been kind of a guinea pig Mm. for, you know, what works and what doesn't. And, uh, you know, I can save people uh, tons of money on lab testing that, you know, has been proven to be inaccurate or, you know, supplements that might not be appropriate for them and kind of direct them, you know, down a path where we get the most information for the least amount of resources. Got it. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much Um, for listeners. This is healyourbody.org is his website. Please go there and learn more about what Dr. Tim Jackson is doing in the world to help people get well. Um, And then the uh, free ebook as well. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Dr. Tim. Thank you for having me, Dr. Hayworth. I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we can do it again. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I just wanted to keep talking to you. So um, appreciate your time. And thanks, listeners, for listening to this podcast. And I hope that the information on it will help you get well now. For more information, go to meghayworth.com to sign up for our email list 
get your free copy of five anti-inflammatory on-the-go lunch recipes and access to our private Facebook community. Thank you so much for listening.